Me ma doesn't want me, me dad doesn't want me, you're meant to be here for me, like, you know what I mean? One night did you do, you'd never know where you're going, you have your bags with you every day, like, all your possessions is on your back, walking around town from nine o'clock in the morning till eight o'clock at night. Didn't, oh, my head was wrecked, like, you know what I mean? Till you find a night bit. And I was only a child at the time. I was, like, in the fry over there, around the corner. Because I wouldn't go home, I was afraid to go home. Just after that, like, staying there for a few months, man, I was like... It's more like a family. Doing E, hash, anything that would get me hands There was no up. love, there was no attention, there was... And then just going on to heroin was, like, the worst thing ever, like, you know what I mean? And but we ma, she kind of, like, we just started not getting on and stuff, and she just went real weird, and we just didn't get on at all. Say so we're standing over there, you know, the shelter. In, you know, in from the rain. We're told to move from there. On Christmas Eve, we were just arguing, and she asked me to... Sh- like, like we've nowhere to go. I don't want you back and don't fend for yourself. Trying, I'm trying to get clean now. Like I, I'm trying to buy fire and all, and I got jumped on yesterday, and my fire and my yeah. phone got took out. I didn't know where to go. Like I was only 16. I mean, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get, yeah, trying to get clean. Like and this is a story about survival. Station, they were like we call after our social People take these things away from me. You know, we try to do our best. But... About those who make it and those who are left behind when they leave the childcare system at 18. I was afraid to go back, like, I just didn't want to go back. Lunch is nothing, like, you know, what's that going to do when you need help? I mean, what's food going to do when you need help? It's well, mad. sometimes you do need the food. I was afraid to go back, like I just didn't want to go back. So they brought me over to my uncle's house. There was no room for me there, so it's going to sleep on all different people's couches. Like, and is this my destiny after all that I've struggled for? Jane is a survivor. I first met her last April. Oprah's best life week. Today is day three. At 19, she was living alone with her one year old son. She received aftercare when she left the system. Literally, not a penny. So I'd know where to go, so I had to ring that three o'clock in the morning. There's a place called Lafroy. It's a, a hostel, like. But um, it was just a shock to my system because I'd never even seen a place like that before. And I went in, they took my phone off me, they took all my possessions and locked them in the locker. And they were saying that there was, there was drug use and they told me to lock the door in the room. And there was all bars on the window. I felt like I was to do something wrong. Like, I felt like I was in prison. I'd no clothes. It was like... A living nightmare. In my mass, we kind of not had everything. Like, we had what we needed. And then to go in and not have anything then, it was shocking. Not to be able to open your door and walk down and get a drink. You had to ask someone to open the kitchen. They locked the kitchen doors. I cried. I cried for the whole night. I didn't go to sleep. I wouldn't get under the covers. I was terrified. I was literally terrified. I'd no phone to ring anyone. I'd nothing. They sent me into a, a bare bedroom with just a bed in it, locked the door, there was bars on the window, with nothing. I felt like a prisoner. I felt like I'd, I'd done something wrong. I felt like I'd, I'd done something really terrible that someone's put me in this situation. I must have been really, really bad. And I put myself down an awful lot. Like, I must have been really terrible to end up like this. And It's my fault. I'm here because of me. But it happened when I was in school then. John's story began at six, when he first entered the care system. I got taken out of class with my sister. And we're still young at the time, she didn't know what was going on. Although she kind of had a fairer idea than me. Uh, a tall guy, he was six foot something. 
and he was huge. And you kind of walked in, there was only a small guy at the time. So we got taken from there by two officers and we ended up in the police, uh, the Garda station. And it was kind of odd. And then they finally told us what had happened, that we were going to move family, which was kind of a shock. My little brother didn't really know what was happening, as did I. And my little sister, who was only about two, three months at the time, she kind of, I don't know, she, did, she hadn't got a clue at all. So I didn't find out later till. I don't know, I'd say a few weeks later until my mum actually had died. I was always told that she would gone out and left, basically. But, yeah, I got told that my dad took me into the sitting room and it was in my granddad's house and he just told us my mum had died. I don't know why, but I always pictured her, for some reason, you love the fruit markets down in Moore Street, so I always pictured her dying on the fruit markets. So when we got taken to the police station then, we stayed a few days there until a woman with a friendly smile, blonde hair and big glasses, she took us in. And she basically took us into the car. She brought us out for a Burger King lot just to kind of settle in. Then she introduced us to her son and her sister. Now, the son would be about a few years younger than me, but I kind of connected with him because he was a lad. And then the sister was a bit older. She connected with my sister. So we had a nice connection there. And we got taken back to theirs. And it was summertime, so it was all hot and playing. And we kind of played around and kind of forgot about what had happened. But you can't really forget, so it was kind of odd in that way. If you find a good friend, bring it home. I, I know I found one or two good friends. Yeah, I sitting beside couple. me and Vivian, I have to say, she's always been a good friend to me and so has Vicky, the two of them. I'm, my name's Rachel. <laughs> we love you too. It was dry last October, the day I met these three women near the spire on O'Connell Street. Yeah, I've been in care since I'm young as well. I was in foster care at a very young age. And they were alcoholics, the man and dad. So I ran away, bumped into Vivian. <laughs> she took me under her wing. <laughs> and uh, when I was younger, I was only um, four. And uh, I was molested by uh, my uncle's <laughs> mate. And then when I was eight, my granddad died in front of my face. Like I was on, at Port Marnock Beach with him and all, so I think after that I just went off the wall and then I ended up and all this. And I don't blame my man for it, around. I blame myself, you know. Some people put themselves in this predicament, That's I think it. I did. Yeah, I, don't. So I left foster homes when I was 14 and I was in the care system till I was 18. Like In that I didn't go anywhere else, all the under 18 space, then I went to Mountjoy. So, and then now I'm out and I'm trying to keep myself... Together. Together, and I'm yeah. trying to go back to college. I want to do social care. That's why I want to get myself clean, you know. Like, my dad was a heroin addict, and my mum's an alcoholic. They used to always fight, like, it wasn't a safe home for all of us, like, me three brothers and me, like, and, uh, like, my ma used to come back drunk and hit us, so we got taken off my ma by the guards. She got taken away in an ambulance, and my dad was, like, on a chair, like, ODing, like, we were brought to Badana House in Salorgan. Then from there, I like, moved to Ondor in Rathfarnham, fairly good care home. Like, And then I left there after I found out how my dad really died like from heroin overdose. Like, it kind of like, started just running amok, you know what I mean? Not doing what they were telling me to do and just running away. Well, they call it absconding, not coming back, Like, you know what I mean? So I was used to coming to town. Then after two weeks doing what I wanted in town, you had enough, you know what I mean? You didn't know where to turn to. Like, I went back home to Rathfarnham, my care home, and said, you can't come back. Thinking I can go back there till you're 18, like, you know what I mean? And then say, no, you can't come back here, like, it's... Like, who wants you? Like, you know what I mean? It's not like, who That's wants to I love you? Like, like, you know what I mean? Nobody wants Me ma doesn't want me. Me dad doesn't mean? want me. You're meant to be here for me. Like, didn't, oh, my head was wrecked. Like, you know what I mean? Then I was like in Lafroy over there around the corner. And just after that, like staying there for a few months, man, was like doing E, hash, anything I could get me hands on. And then just going on to heroin was like the worst thing ever. Like, some, some girls, like, they lower, like, they 
go on the game yeah, or like they prostitute, they prostitute themselves. I've never done it myself. Now I'd rather tap. It's very hard to find someone that I can help like that. Like know that can truly help you like but going up asking someone for help is very hard you know what I mean when you're so self-conscious about everything like you know it is like if somebody had a show they cared life could have been a lot different not push it away so quick like I was in all the hostels then when I hit 18 I ended up in the adult hostels and as soon as you hit the adult hostels nothing's going to be done for you no nothing nothing and I mean nothing you're just out with a HSEK you're on your own left on your own and that's it left to fend yourself so when was the last time you were talking to anyone from the HSE I've talked to my social worker because I have two kids now so they're with they're with my old social worker but I'm not with my social worker because I'm over 18 you know what I mean you when you're 18. It's the way I am at the moment. I don't want to, like, it's not that I don't want to see my kids at the moment, it's because I'm going down a wrong path at the moment. Don't I don't want to see, see my, kid, my kids seeing me yeah. the way I am. Yeah. Now, my brother was living up on Echo Street when he turned 18. Guess what they gave him for his birthday? And he was out on the streets. A TV. Where's he meant to put a TV? <laughs> you know what I mean? Plugging in the wall. <laughs> yeah, walking in the wall. Like, I carry this around with me, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, oh, I was like, what, what are you going to do with this? <laughs> no. My whole family's on that monument over there. My two brothers, like they're all homeless. All my family is homeless because of the mistakes that's happened in our whole family, you know what I mean? When I was about 17, 18, I had the kind of thought in my head that I don't want any more help when I'm 18. I'm cut. You can, when you're 18, cut them off. So I was like, no, I never want to speak to them again. I never want to do these, you know, meetings. I don't want to do anything. As I grow, as I kind of went into college and stuff and went into residential care, you need that support. You need people to, you know, you need money, you need people to help you and show you the way. Because if I didn't have that, I wouldn't kind of go to college. Oh, I'd say I'd be working now and trying to support myself. From the beginning, John has had a good care plan. They did make it as kind of like a family environment as they could. I just couldn't connect with it. I didn't know, I knew I had my own family and I didn't really want another family, but I tried to make it work, but I couldn't, so. He's attempted to move out before. It didn't work. That's foster care is not the way I wanted to go. He's preparing to give it another go. I was a brat as a child. I kind of hicked up in the aspect. I, as I grew kind of older and kind of tried to grow away from the family, I kind of hicked up and started to mess around. It was more my fault than anybody else's. I just didn't feel part of the family anymore, so I decided the best option would be for me to move. So I went from there and I got kicked out. I was after having a party with my sisters and nearly got her evicted I, had, I don't know I messed up again so but when I was in fifth year I was still in foster care but I kind of moved into uh, semi-independent living so it was kind of hard in the aspect that you have to do studies and there's nobody there that encourages you to study more than anything but they can't actually make you study it's your own decision you know what I mean you're an adult so I went independent there about two an hour, a month ago now that did that fell true because it was kind of a, it was just the house was too dodgy so I kind of got I was there now back where I started and I'm going into private renting now for college and kind of college digs that kind of thing so I'm going to try that lifestyle You're 19 now yeah? Yeah I'm 19 I was kind of went into care I was kind of still believed in Santa Claus and that kind of thing until I was about I don't know about 10 so it was kind of still the fire, uh, family environment of oh Santa's coming and everybody was excited to get presents and that kind of thing and we all bonded but as time grew on it was kind of like uh, I don't know, it didn't, like, everything kind of felt repressive and I hate going to family meals and I hate going to family convention kind of thing but it's probably from my past and stuff that I just, no, I don't like doing that kind of thing. You're supposed to get easier but you kind of tend to look back on your families and you kind of turn towards, you know, the dad or the sister and you try and bond with them a lot more. We started kind of at Christmas time hanging out at my sister's house and kind of trying to get, like, a family kind of thing going again so 
it's working. It's just brothers and sisters, and no man down the house. Or when it comes up to my mum's anniversary, or kind of special days like that, it's just it. You can't. I don't know. You don't really enjoy it as much as you should. I don't know if you've ever been in that situation, but you just don't want anybody around you. The day me 18 beauty, I got up, got me on phone, mom, went to school, come home from school, I got a present off the staff in the house. It was only something small, like, but I appreciate it because no one, I didn't get a present off anyone else. And um, I went up and sat in my room, and then the care staff come up and he says, um, Oh, you know, you're 18 now, you're going to have to move on. And that was it, that was my beauty. Jane has been renting since she left the care system. <laughs> she spends most of her time trying to get herself a council house. This is what's like all day every day. To wash the this is me home for now, but it's not my home. I live here for now, but it's not me home. It's, this isn't my furniture. This isn't like this is the landlord's home. These are, they're not my beds, they're not my presses. None of this is mine. This is not my home. Like, if I'm in a shop, I can't buy a picture frame. Oh no, because I'll have to bring that with me when I move. That's too much baggage. How am I going to get it to I don't know where I'm going to call home now after next time. Did he go anyway? When I was in care, I had nothing. Like, literally nothing. They kind of set out this path. This is what happens to kids in care. And it doesn't go by who you are. Maybe this child needs more attention than that person. It just goes by the rules, the regulation, the budget. Kids don't care about budgets. I was like, I can't go back to school because all my friends will see me like I'd no money for a uniform. No one even said anything to me about school. So I, I just kind of done what I wanted. Like I was nearly finished my leaving suit. I was in a good school. Like I had the brains to do it. I'd, I was studying. I knew what to do. And... Then I had the baby. I tried to go back and get back on track like a couple of months after I had the baby and I couldn't. I just couldn't do it. It was too hard, too difficult. Meanwhile, back on O'Connell Street. I'm looking for my own place at the minute, so I'm hoping I'll have a bit of luck with that, get off the streets and get my life together, do you know? Now, everybody knew me up there. I would have this chair say in the corner and I would sit in the corner because you'd only your bedroom it opened 12 or something yeah it wouldn't even be as big as a parking space would it it's like see here along here it's like that like the width of a door all the way down you know what I mean and you couldn't even swing a cat in it when you're in that state of mind you don't want to know you know what I mean you're just pushing them away as far as you can push them you know what I mean because all you want is your parents and nobody's ever going to take, and nobody's ever going to feel feel that part of no. your parents. Never. My two boys are in the HSC care. Do you know what I mean? I was living up the road in Abbey Street. I had left them to go and live with their father because I had lost the place I was living in. So I put my hand out to the kid's dad and asked for help. He said, OK, I'll take them. Two weeks into it, he slit his wrists in front of the kids. Right, my kids were taken straight off. Him. The thing I found mad where they said, no, where they say, like, you're here, we're here to look after you, but then they just had it to go, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. we're here for you, like, you this is I mean? the office, and, and if you have any problems, come in. Come in. Do you know what I mean? And if you knock on that office door, you get rolled at. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? 
I'm busy. Come back in a few minutes. I'm on the phone. Do you know what and I mean? And you're always on the phone. I reduce myself to self-harming and all because of it. Like, I've scares all over my body because of self-harming. Well, I have two brothers and a sister, and me, you, like, other brother and sister, they were gave up for adoption when they were born. Hopefully, when they're old enough, I get to meet them as well, you know, and I want to go looking for me real dad and that as well, you know. Yeah. I have a three-year waiting list to find out who my real parents are. Like, I, I rang up where I was adopted from and sent me out a form, fill it, and send it back in. And I said, now, how long will I be waiting to hear anything? And they said, anything up to three years. I asked about meeting them again. Go back to because I got half down by two young ones in the gas for nothing like. So I'm not going back there. We don't know where we're sleeping. Yeah, not until we ring the free phone. Yeah, free phone. Do you know what I mean? And you can't ring that until six, or even after ten o'clock. They tell you to ring back at ten o'clock, eleven. They leave you waiting for ages because there's this tone that wrecks my head. Oh, it does me head in. And you're left there waiting for ages. There, yeah. You're next in line. Please hold. And you know there's about a hundred people. Because everybody, another person to hold, go on the other side. Kind of thing, quick. Yeah, you don't know where you're, you're going to be settled. from one week to the next. Do you you're know what I mean? Settled. Dragging your stuff everywhere you go, like you know what I mean? Come on. The way I looked at my eggs, Dean, like, you can have a baby and get them out to the and you'll get them on parents and sure, why not? Should you be set for life then? I wouldn't have to worry about sleeping on my couch, just sleeping here, sleeping there. Three times a night. No, twice. Twice. You can't just wait till once and then read it and then just about seven o'clock in the morning then as well. Like, you're 18. You don't have a social worker anymore. You don't have um, a place to live anymore. You're 18, bye bye, this to do. What 18 year old knows what to do? Like, 18 is only a number. Just because you're 18 doesn't necessarily mean you're an adult. All it is is a number. I remember just thinking, when I was seven months pregnant, I was able to get the rent allowance. And yeah, it was great because I had my own apartment with no more rules and regulations and stuff. And I really jumped into it. And But I didn't know how to pay bills. I didn't know how, what way to go and approach a landlord. I had to lie to the landlord until I was 24. Like, I do look older than what I am, but who's going to accept an 18-year-old? I'd tell lies about my age all the time. And if you heard you were in care, well, whoa. It was just like a picture that's painted on your face. Everyone has this picture of kids that are in care. Do you are drugs? Have you done something wrong? Do you are on the drink or whatever? Like, But I literally had to lie. I still to this day don't tell my landlord that I was in care. I was moving out of my last place and my landlord was like, what What are you going to do with your life? Like, when you move out here, how, you're still not going to be able to go to college. Or, like... You're still not going to be able to walk because the rent allowance. It's just a rut. It's a rut you get into and you just can't get out. I had got, I thought it was great when I got 200 euro because I never had 200 euro in my life, like in my pocket. And I went out and I bought a new pair of runners and a new pair and this and that and I hadn't got food in my stomach for the week. And after that money was gone, it was gone. And you can't go home and grab a sandwich in your parents' house because you have none. <laughs> You've no parents. The staff 
like, do you want aftercare? Like, you can just go and do whatever you want, like. Or do you want someone to, like, know where you are? I said, yeah, I wanted aftercare because it was someone I liked and someone I knew. But if it was someone I didn't like, I know I wouldn't have. I was able to call me aftercare worker. How do I go about paying bills? How do I get out of it? How, 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 how do I do all these things? They could help answer questions, but when I really needed, like, a stable home, they can't help me. When I really needed to go to college and get an education, they can't help me. I wouldn't be able to get along because I've no fixed address. I've only been living here a year. I'd never be able to apply for a mortgage. I'd never, even if I had a job, because this isn't my permanent home, because I've had so many different addresses. So, are you waiting for a letter from your landlord, or what, what can they... Well, when he comes to collect the rent at the end of the month, he's going to tell me whether I can or cannot stay. <laughs> I'll keep you informed. <laughs> A week later, the weather turned cold. I went back to look for the three women. I couldn't find them. The thing is, once you start looking, there are always kids on the street. Kids everywhere. So, could you tell me what age you are? 18. When did you leave, when did you leave the care system or where were you in care? Down Clamell for about two years and I left... I left it and then I came home to Sand Street in Dublin for about three years and homeless now about three years. Why did you go into care or why did you leave? Because uh, I had family problems. Why did you leave early then? Because the kids, like, I wasn't getting well on with the family and all, like, you know what I mean? And did anyone follow up on you? Like, did you just leave at 15? Yeah, no, I just left when I was 15. And was there anyone, did you have a social worker? Or no. Did anyone look after you? No, I have a social worker now at the moment, looking after me. And where are you staying then? Or are they I'm staying in hostels. Every night? Every night, yeah. Then I moved out to my own apartment. And it, it was hard, like, obviously, because I'm on my own. And I didn't have any worries. Like, and obviously the worries set in after a while when I had the, the bills and then rent and all this. Like, and then... You know, they're natural worries to have, but when I wasn't expecting it, like, obviously, you know, I blocked it out in my mind that I was going to get these things. I was just going to be able to live on my own. And yeah. I'm more of a really worrier beforehand kind <laughs> of thing. So I was worrying about two or three months before I moved out about bills and stuff. A couple of weeks later, John was moving out. He went to see his sister. It's different. When you move out, you're on your own. Yeah. What do you think? That's pretty much... Well, I'm, I'm moved out three years now, so, you know, you know, you have to... You have to have your family around and your friends around, obviously, to, to keep it not so lonely. When you're yeah. in those circumstances. It's good to have that connection there. Like, it's 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 something when, you, when you, you've been in foster care for so long and you feel that sometimes when you're not in the same family or when you're not in the same placement as your brothers and sisters, to have that connection again once you do move into your own place is brilliant. Yeah, you've been out longer than me. I'd say you find it a lot. Oh, yeah, when you move out initially, it's like, wait, I've all this freedom. But you like you go out the first few nights and you're like, always out or you're always... Well, you, you get over it. Like, obviously, the first while is really exciting because, you know, you're on your own after being under these rules for so long. But then you settle back down into it, like, and you find your place. This is your home. And, and obviously, just looking after yourself, like, that's... That's the main thing. Like, yeah, and always have a roof over your head. If you yeah. don't have that, that's, that's the most important thing because, like, ultimately, if we if we lose our our houses, you know, that's it. Like, because private renting, if you get kicked out, you kind of have to 
if he had moved out with, with friends, you know, there'd be the risk that people, you know, they wouldn't always want to live with him or, you know, they have to move back home because they can't afford her and like that. There's that risk. You know, it's not always going to be secure. Like, yeah, there's a, so. I think she was worried as well because you get put off the housing, oh, the homeless list. It's not going to be perfect. If you say to your friends, they're like, what, you moved out, you have your own place? You're like, yes. And they're like, what age is it? You're like 19 or 18 to you. Yeah. And they're like, oh my God, how can you afford that? Everybody asks questions and stuff, but you don't need to tell them either. Like, I had two shots today. I had the first shot. Now, that wasn't... The place just wasn't nice, but... Like, the last place you left your door open, you'd be looted within five minutes. Oh, I told my sister that I wasn't really happy with the, the accommodation I was living in. And I knew by him that he just wasn't happy. Like, I knew by him in the when I was down in the flat that it wasn't going to work. Like So I just said, listen, lads, you have to do something. Any aftercare worker and stuff, if you do have a bad day and you're out with them, they will always, always offer therapy. I don't know why, it's just one of these things. I've been it's, offered therapy for about the last four years. It's like, would you like therapy? It's, just it's like, no, I just had a bad options. day, like would you like you therapy? Open up, you know, it's the options that are given to you. Like, I remember just very casually getting slid across leaflets to, to a counselling service. Yeah. And I was like, lad, seriously, this hasn't worked for three years. It's not going to work now. Like. Or like, yeah, like I remember reading, as we were saying earlier, you had these day books and stuff. I remember reading one or two of them. It's like, um, or you get an after, you get a, an aftercare plan where it's like, Interests and hobbies, no, there's there's stupid things in it, and the one one of them was like emotional bonds and stuff. You know, he doesn't seem to open up, but he seems to be, and it just it's just so funny reading it. Like you just have a bad day, or you could be just a secluded person. You used to get everything written down. They talk down what you have for dinner, what you have for breakfast, and and you'd read through you, them every now and again, like just to you know just to what time to catch up on exactly <laughs> everything is written down. Like and it's just it's weird to be under surveillance in a way like you're being watched like and it's not it's not for a bad way it's for your own protection and stuff but still I, I you know that's one part I, I definitely don't miss but. he associated a bit with the with fellow yeah, <laughs> with the fellow residents yeah. <laughs> then he went to his room haven't seen much of him I think something's wrong every thought was written down yeah. and there is obviously because I had really big privacy issues because in a house full of six girls you know it's very hard to keep anything for yourself and and you know when it's written down about you and you know it's there and they're you know they're these ICMP forms you know they're and and you know sometimes they'd write things down them that like telling you what what they thought you know what they thought was your problem and, and to read this like this bothered me sometimes to read that people you know were talking but it just it didn't it didn't sit well I think you did it as well yeah I, I you know I, I did think it you know started I didn't want to tell people but then I obviously told people things to cover up you know where I was the last three years why I lived in a giant house full of girls and you know what exactly was going on what I needed receipts for everything for and, and you know the kind of the, the little white lies got bigger and bigger and then I kind of I tell people eventually like and, and I think now it's easier just to tell people like not obviously up front you know I meet them two seconds I tell them but um, guess what? <laughs> yeah, I leave it a week or two. Like, and it, up like hey, yeah. you wouldn't believe my pets. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think, yeah, be great. I think it's grand, you know. And it's definitely not as bad as it used to be. I had a friend's mum who just didn't like me because I was in foster care and didn't want anything her daughter to have anything to do with me. And that's just the way it is. Like, that's yeah, it but it, I think people are much more aware of what goes on now and yeah if you move your whole life in like four boxes you're like oh no yeah. <laughs> how little stuff do I actually have a week ago I went back to see Jane she just turned 20 her lease was up just I'm looking for a council house at the moment and I'm just wondering I'm actually I'm in very difficult circumstances and the council have been putting me off and putting me off and telling me that I'm I'm on a seven to ten year waiting list and it's just been really difficult. It was the week before the budget. 
She was driven to distraction with worry. I went in and I put me name down on the council housing list and a guy came out, a guy came out and assessed me in my last apartment. And um, he was like, um, oh, you know, you're going to be waiting a very long time. And I was just, how long is very long? He says, eight to ten years. And I said, what? And he says, yeah, well, the list, he says, goes on and on and on. He says, and even at that, we can't guarantee housing. He says, it goes by list and goes by points. And I need, I need 130 points for a house. So when he assessed me, he came back and gave me 28 points. And you get two points. Oh, you get, yeah, you get two points every year. And if you have another child, you get an extra two points. How many children do you need and how many years do you need to be living to get a house? 20, 20 odd years. The circumstances I'm in is that I was in care for... Before I was 18, I was in care. And when I came out of care, I went straight onto the rent allowance. Yeah. But it's, it's really affecting me at the moment because I'm trying to go to college and I'm trying to look after my son, but I can't walk and I can't claim the back-to-education allowance from college because I'm on the rent allowance and stuff. Family allowance, yeah. T- 230 euros. I got doctor's letters. I was very sick for a while. I was in hospital and stuff for six months when I was pregnant. And um, I was just, I was really, really sick at the time. And I got doctor's letters and my social worker wrote me a letter and all saying that I just, I was really down because of what was happening. And um, I sent in the letters and stuff and they sent me back two points. And my brother as well, my younger brother was li- is living with me because my ma has gone off like, and he's only 17. So I'm looking after him now as well. But the so the social welfare is that's telling me that he can't be in the house that he has like he has to be in the care of the state or whatever. That's your that's your answer to all the questions. Well, you can write you a letter, but it's not going to bump you up the list. So what's what's the point of writing me a letter then? It just goes round and round and round and round and round in my head every night, every day. So I can't sleep at night thinking, oh my god, the police are going to come and get me. They're going to arrest me for not paying those bills. I have to go to court I'm going to be locked up for not paying the bills I'm going to get fines I'm going to get summons I'm going to get this I'm going to get that and these are all worries I have if it says the lease is up then I just have to start looking for somewhere else again it's just a waiting game and then waiting to see if they drop the, the rental allowance again and if they do drop it again I won't be able to afford this house so I'm going to have to move somewhere cheaper if the rental allowance doesn't get cut but if the child benefit gets cut if the long parents gets cut that means that how am I going to afford to pay the rent I'm already paying now at the moment? Then I don't know where I'm going to go. Like, he, he's going to crash down the road at the moment. So if I'm going to have to move his crash, like, I'm going to have to upend his whole life again. To turn the child's life upside down to move again. It's not fair. It's hard, like, it's hard because he's going to grow up and I want to give him the best life I can. But it's hard for me because I can't even give myself the best life I can because I got stuck in a row and... Because I'd no family, I was in care. I'd know to help me. The monument is just across from Eason's. <laughs> so it's just there, the big statue thing. Or at the Angels, you know the Angels? Just hang around most days until Garda move us. Section A of the Public Order Act, move on, like. So, not let hang around. <laughs> so. I went back into town the same week. I called Vicky to arrange a meeting. She never showed up. It was cold that day. I hung around the spire for two hours. Then I saw Vivian. Me and my fiancé, like, yeah, three weeks ago. I know him years, but I'm only with him, like, four or five months now, so. Just standing down the lane. <laughs> Went down on one knee and I said, Viv, will you marry me? And I go, yeah. 
we don't have that family bond anymore. Like what we had, like when we were in care, like you know, that's that's your brother, blah, that's your sister, that's your man. We're all like friends because like my mom goes on like a teenager. She goes on like a teenager, starting fights with people. Like, you know what I mean? It's madness, like, having your ma hanging around, like, you know, with you, like, that, that's just mad, like, you know what I mean? But, like, she's homeless herself, like, so, what can you do, like, you know what I mean? I know I haven't seen my kids in a while. I prefer not to see my kids while I'm like this. I wouldn't see, want my kids to see the way I am. I wouldn't want my kids saying to me when I was older, like, uh, why didn't you do this? I know they are going to say it, like, me say that to my ma now, I'm, re I'm thinking about what my kids say that to me, like, I can, I'm dreading it, like, you know what I mean? But, but all I can say to them is I was in the right frame of mind, I was very young when I had you, and I just wanted to be better before I got you back, I didn't want you seeing the things that I saw when I was younger, and I know I made, I made the same mistake me, as my ma that I did to you, but I, I, they're going to be still young when I hopefully do get them back, like, you know what I mean? Before my dad, I was like, I used to love Christmas, like, waking up to everything, like, and after my dad, I was just like, what's the point, you know what I mean? So... Living at home with my mum and dad, yeah, we didn't get nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? It used to be like home for things that you never got, like, you know what I mean? Just seeing your dad KO'd on a chair and your ma locked in the, on another chair, like, you know what I mean? And, like, I was like a mother to my ma, like, to my brothers, like, you know what I mean? And making them sandwiches at the age of four, like, used to be mad, like, but. My mum's looking for you. That's my brother there, brother. Yeah, I'm okay, yeah. Two of my two brothers are on the streets now. They're twins, like, but like it's kind of hard because one won't leave the other, you know what I mean? So if one goes in somewhere, the other one, he, he does come back out if he gets in somewhere because I feel, he feels so bad, like, you know what I mean? For leaving him out on his own or whatever, you know what I mean? But when I was staying out, I wouldn't go in anywhere either because I felt bad for leaving one of them out or two of them out, you know what I mean? Because it's a bond that you get. See, when you meet some, like, a few people on the streets, they really are your family, you know what I mean? Because they go to tick and tin with you, you know what I mean? So hopefully they get in somewhere, you know? So, please God, they're doing anyway. I always say a prayer to me dad, that to do, but I don't know. Ten days ago, when I spoke to John again, he'd moved into his new flat. He was wallpapering. I kind of went through my stuff in my old house and decided that anything from the past I was going to get rid of and get everything new. Going back to the, when I was starting to move, it was awkward. I had to, like, pack everything up and then you have to clean your flat and you have to kind of... It's kind of like somebody else is going to be moving into your fat in like a few weeks, so you're like, oh, it's not going to be mine anymore. And I, when I dropped up yesterday, it was like, oh, kind of went into my old flags, I had to collect a few bits and bobs that I left there. But uh, I went in and somebody else had already started to kind of move in. So it's like, oh, this isn't my flat anymore. This is pretty awkward. And was it sad saying goodbye? Uh, they do this thing where they're like, you know, oh, we love you and here's sandwiches and have this cake and, you know, everything will be nice and everybody's real happy and stuff. And I was just like... At that stage, I was just like, oh, I feel a bit like I was about 10 again and you were at a birthday party and everybody's going, oh, happy birthday. And you're like, oh, God, please go away. And where, how did you learn how to do all this? Oh, that was my dad. Yeah. <laughs> my dad was a carpenter. But, I don't know, I kind of never wallpapered before. That was awkward. Do you know how long this takes? <laughs> yeah, I feel, I feel about, I feel like, do you ever guess... When you were younger and you've seen your dad working on the sitting room or you've seen your mother kind of helping out the dad wallpaper and stuff, I feel like me own dad, I feel like, oh Christ, I have to do all this work and then I, can, I feel, I can imagine back in the day he would have done about 10 times quicker than me, but yeah, I feel like I'm a dad even though I don't have a kid. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> yeah, I remember it was kind of a personal time, so I like it. Yeah. <laughs> The thing about surviving, even when you're 20, it's like a snapshot, 
a place and time. And even then, you're only hanging on. Where a child leaves the care of the health boards, the board may, in accordance with subsection 2, against him for so long as the board is satisfied as he is need as his need for assistance and subject to paragraph B, he has not attained the age of 21 years. That's after here. They may, in accordance with subsection 2. The board is satisfied. Is the board satisfied about me? I want I want to bring them in and show them my life and say, are you satisfied? Eh? Well, did, does this satisfy you? That my life is like this childcare act. There's no such a thing. I don't believe in it. At 20, I can't sleep at night worrying about bills. I can't go to college. I can't have a future. I can't look forward to things. It's not bad enough that I don't have a family to rely on. And it's just falling apart in front of my eyes. And the board is not going to help me. I'm past the anger. I'm past care. 